Welcome back to the Bridge Podcast. It is season two, episode eight. Gabe and I are back with a special guest today that we're super excited to announce. So Gabe's going to hit us with our quote of the day, and then I'll take it back with a weekly lesson and we'll introduce our guest. Gabe, what's the quote? Yeah, what's up, everybody? Um, pretty stoked to be back on the podcast today. The quote of the day is, when it comes to mastering a skill, time is the magic ingredient by Robert Greene. So I'm going to say that again. When it comes to mastering a skill, time is the magic ingredient. And that was actually uh, from my journal. It was today's journal entry. So lined up well with, with the podcast today. There we go. There we go. So uh, next up, we're going to do a weekly lesson. So lesson that, uh, that I learned this week, Gabe will go over his lesson for the week. Um, I guess I'll kick it off uh, since I'm introducing it. Uh, my weekly lesson was realizing that I'll have exactly what I need when I need it. Um, this kind of hits a couple areas for me. It was with school, finishing up the semester and kind of planning for what I'm doing after I graduate and knowing that, you know, I'm, I need to do what I can now and trusting, you know, in the universe providing me with, with what I need when I'll need it. So Gabe, what about you? Love that. Um, my weekly lesson, actually, I just came back from a trip seeing Sam for a few days and we trained together and um, he kind of taught me some Olympic weightlifting stuff, you know, not really in my in my realm of things. And uh, I realized that it was the first time that I've learned something new in a while. And it's weird to be in that stage where I'm not the master and I know exactly what I'm doing. So I was in a learner stage and I had to be be coachable. And I think that's a trait that a lot of people don't have. And it's important. So that was my weekly lesson. And um I'm going to introduce our debt, our guest today. It's Cal Reynolds. He's a, a friend of Sam and I, a fellow gym rat, probably more of a gym rat than Sam and I, but um, he's just really inspired me with his, just his lifestyle, his passions and other things like that. So without further introduction, Cal Reynolds. What's up everybody? How you doing? <laughs> is this uh, Cal, <laughs> is this your first official podcast that you've been on? No, this is actually my second one. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, so he's experienced. Uh, yeah, he's a pro. I don't know about that. I'm not <laughs> a pro. I'm not much of a pro at anything. Awesome. So uh, Cal just graduated. Um, well, where'd you graduate from, Cal? I'll let you tell that. Well, uh, I graduated from John Carroll, and I also went to St. Ed's with these two guys. There we go. There we go. Um, so Cal has a Instagram page called Cal Will Cook It, and. Uh, Dude, I, I'm on it right now, and I'm already getting hungry. I haven't eaten anything today yet. I've been struggling. Oh, man. What are you intermediate fasting? Uh, I do it sometimes. I don't know. I was just I wasn't hungry this morning, so <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. I won't eat. Come on, gotta get those calories. <laughs> right, you're right. Um, when when did you? So your Instagram right now, you have 26.4k followers. When did you start it? Um, so I kind of made it as a joke. My junior year of college, me and my roommates were like uh because i always like to cook and stuff like that and they were like dude you should make an instagram page and i'm like oh, i don't know i don't got time for that mm -hmm. but i made it as kind of just a joke and then I, I mean it didn't grow like not how it is now but you know a lot of people took interest in it so i kind of you know started taking it a little more serious and then you know i moved to another house that had a nicer kitchen my senior year so i took it a little more serious but wasn't really that into it just kind of like if i made something i'll take a picture and post it and then honestly, when I finished football, that's when I really started grinding on it and really starting to see like growth and potential. And yeah, ever since I finished football, it kind of became my new football to me, you know, because football was what my life always revolved around throughout, you know, growing up. It was my favorite sport. I played and then I played at St. Ed's and I went and played in college. So, you know, I just smooth sailed right from football into, into this as my next hobby. Gotcha. Was there any um, point in between football and uh, finding your passion of like cooking where you're like, all right, like what's next? Uh, no, not really. I just kind of, I've, cause I've always enjoyed doing it. I wouldn't even say like cooking is my sole passion. Mm -hmm. I'm a very passionate guy. I mean, there's tons of things I'm passionate about. Cooking just happened to be one of those things I decided to display and I, got good feedback obviously it's growing it's giving me opportunities that I never thought would come from it you know I probably wouldn't even be here on the podcast today if I didn't start doing the cooking stuff you know so it's 
it's really cool to see where it took me and where it's going to take me. But as far as shifting from football to that, it was always something I enjoyed and liked to do. And I knew I liked to do it. So there wasn't really any hiccups in the process. It was just kind of like, okay, I have more free time now since football took whatever, four, five, six hours of my day. So now it was nice to have something else to work towards, you know? Were you ever afraid um, about putting your passion out there and saying like, Hey, like I like putting my heart and soul in this. Um, Cause I know that's, that's a big fear for a lot of people, yeah. you know, uh, having a hobby and then, and then showing it to the world. Kind of, did you ever feel that fear? Um, yeah, I think we all do as human beings. It's in our nature to fear judgment. We always are going to fear what somebody else thinks of regardless of what we're doing, whether even if we feel, feel it's a hundred percent the right thing to do, there's always going to be someone out there who's not going to agree with you. And it was funny. You asked that question because me and my roommate were literally just talking about a similar topic. And yeah, at first it was fearful to display myself and post pictures because everyone, no matter what you do, everyone's going to have something to say. There's never, you guys creating this podcast, there's probably a little fear before you did that because you knew you were going to have friends who were a podcast, dude, who they think they are, you know? It's no different than with cook, whatever you do, cooking, fitness, podcast, talk show, anything you do, there's always going to be some kind of negative feedback from some people. And I think you just got to overcome that small group of negative feedback. And through that, it'll push you forward because you got to think about all the positive that you are doing. So I did have fear at first, but once I got over that and really didn't value the opinion of people who don't show value to me that impresses me. It really pushed me in the right direction to overcome that step because honestly, it wasn't until about six months ago where I really started putting myself out there onto the food page. It was always more just posting pictures, you know, like socially. I mean, you guys know me from high school, like I could talk mm -hmm. and stuff, but I've never talked in front of large groups or done voiceovers or videos with my face in it. And now I'm starting to do that. So it's just, stacking the little wins you know taking little steps mm -hmm. forward and uh just over time just it's accumulating it's tough you know like there's going to be awkward points or something I feel is not right or someone doesn't like this someone doesn't like that but I just think you gotta push through that you know learn from your failures and just keep building off of that yeah I love that and I think that role like that really resonated with me like posting videos on my Instagram and stuff it's like ooh, this one wasn't perfect it was probably like say seven out of 10, but I'm not going to get that 10 out of 10 video without the, the previous ones. And it's like, might as well post it because all social media is, is, I posted about it yesterday. Social media just highlights all the, the PRs, the slam dunks, like everything, but it never, it never highlights like me getting out of my bed at 6am like oh shit like i'm not feeling yeah. it today or Dude, exactly. like when i make a video and i'm like this isn't what i like wanted intended for it to say but i can't get it out any other way so i'm just gonna post it how it is and um yeah like getting over the fear of of the judgment from other people it's so difficult to do but at the end it's it's so worth it i agree man and something uh when i you know conquering my own fear and everything like that i would i found myself making, and i didn't realize this until after the fact i found myself making up fake scenarios in my head of like what people would say and that alone like just making up the fake scenarios would inhibit me. i've i've been the there man i still do it i still do it, but now i just yes. gotta think you know fuck them excuse me right right <laughs> no 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 you're good <laughs> I sat down and i'm like dude this didn't even happen and i'm scared like what, what's going on oh uh, man dude so i geek myself geek myself out all the time over shit like that dude mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's nuts what does uh what does your inner circle look like i know you live with a roommate um you know close friends family yeah how does that support look like for you oh it's good you know obviously uh like we were just talking on the other hand of fear you know your fear of worrying about what people think when you start doing and putting your full passion out there what i learned is that people who you start to learn, like people who, you know, your acquaint, your friends, they're not your inner circle friends, but like those people kind of start dragging away and fading away. Mm. You really start to like solidify who your real friends are, like who actually wants to support you and chasing your goals and dreams. Because it's not nor like 
for example, what I'm doing right now isn't what the normal college graduate kid is going to try to do after he graduates. Mm. He's not going to go try to promote what he does on social media, YouTube, and stuff like that. Most kids are going to find a job, a salary, whatever, and that's the norm to them. Mm. So when they see somebody like me or you, I don't know what you guys are pursuing, but like in general, just pursuing an entrepreneurial lifestyle, like creating your own line of work, they look at you kind of like you're an idiot and mm. You know, that's just something along with the fear, you just got to overcome it. But as far as my inner circle goes, you know, I just have like my parents obviously support me. You know, they're my dad financially, like put me in a position to help me do this, you know, to not force me to try to find a like career right away after college. You know, he's like really let me take a shot with this stuff mm-hmm. just because of like the small amount of success I've had. Because obviously I'm nowhere near where like I could I know I can be. I'm nowhere near where I want to be. It's mm-hmm. just you know, just building that foundation throughout college. But now that I'm done with school, I can really go full tilt with this and see where it can take me. But yeah, I I do have a good support group. I wouldn't say I'm in this all alone. Like my roommate helps me whenever I need help. You know, I have a good group. Inner circle is very important to me. It's a very important thing. Actually, if you remember Coach Finati, he's always talked about your inner circle. Like, because I just, you know, me and him are really close. And I do, I, I have actually like a group of guys who I, have to make sure with I keep in touch with like on the daily every couple day basis just because I just know we have similar mindsets and we have similar goals and pursuits of what we're trying to get out of our life Mm. that's big that's big Mm -hmm. you got a lot of a lot of gold in there um when you mentioned about you know your post-graduation you know everyone else is going out looking for jobs and then you're out here doing your thing and uh, I think something interesting is making a living from your creativity is, is the way to go. Like with, Recent, man. like that is, I, don't, I guess like my creating an entrepreneurial lifestyle for myself, it's like, I don't, I don't want to make a living from someone else's creativity, you know, giving me a paycheck every, you know, two weeks or every month. Exactly. It's like, you know, being in control of your own destiny and, you know, asking the universe, say, this is what I want. And it's going to, it's going to give it to you at the end of the day. And then you've also, I was thinking about that when you said that, and then you also mentioned full tilt, like being like the concept of going all in and what that really means. And it's like, I don't know. I I feel like if, if you fail at something that, that you're passionate about, or you, you kind of like half, half asset or something like that, and it didn't work out the way you wanted to, I feel like for me, that's the universe saying you just didn't want it bad enough. So having that concept of full tilt, going all in and really just giving your energy and your passion to something and you can't lose when you do that. So exactly. I agree, man. That's fire. Both you guys just hit the nail on the head with it all. Something that I took away was um, that idea of uh, jump out the jump out of the plane and then build your wings on the way down. So it's like that initial fear step, like both you guys building your businesses out of college, Sam, not even out of college and Cal, you started even before you finished college, but it's just that initial step of starting and there's no way to start without starting. Like we, so we all start, we all start at the beginning. Like the, the dude who's the best, like, I don't know, like the best basketball player or whatever, he didn't know how to dribble a ball at one point. So it's just like taking that initial step to do something and you're never too old you're never too old or outdated to try something new and like develop your passion through that. And you just have to start. And I think that was a big message that I got from both you guys with what you said. I agree. Starting is definitely in anything you do. The hardest part is just finding a way to get started and get going. Cause once you get the foundation on and get started, you'll, I think you naturally, you'll, your mind will naturally just start finding solutions to the problems that arise. Mm. It's just getting started. Cause you never get started you'll never know if it's truly what you wanted to do Mm. so at least getting started will put you in the position to think about it you know it'll put you in the position to progress because if if there's no starting point there's nothing to progress yeah so at least if you start you'll start finding a finding a way to climb up that hill and get going and and that concept of it being you know like on you to hit that start and to solve the problems and and go from there and that reminded me of something that Gabe told me a couple of days ago about the monk who uh, carries around a mirror 
Mm. I don't know if you want to describe you can describe a game. Yeah, what happened? Yeah, so there was this story that I read about a monk who would um he was a younger monk and he would carry on a mirror wherever he went. And one of the older monks uh saw him carrying the mirror and thought to himself, This monk doesn't know what monkhood is about. It's not about appearances, what's on the outside, what really matters is on the inside. And so the older monk approaches the younger monk and says, Hey, I see you're carrying around a mirror everywhere you go. You shouldn't be concerned about how you look on the outside compared to what your inner beauty is. And the monk goes, oh, no, I don't carry it around for that reason. I carry it around because every time I have a problem, I take the mirror out and I see the solution as well. So like all of his problems and solutions, he looks at himself because he is the problem and the solution. I agree, man. That's actually a huge philosophy of the way I live my life is I'm a firm believer in you have to take self-responsibility for everything in your life and then you'll never be disappointed because you know everything that goes wrong is because of you and everything that goes right is because of you. Because at the end of the day, if you put that on you, first of all, you'll be pushed way harder to succeed because you know it lies on your back. Number two, you, you, like we talked about fear earlier, you won't care as much what people think because you're the one in the driver's seat. You know, you dictate the road ahead. And just building off of that, you know, just self-responsibility is such a huge, in my life personally, from my experience and growing up and stuff, taking self, without taking self-responsibility, I would not be who I am or where I am today. Mm-hmm. And, th- you know, that thing about the monk is just so true. I never heard of that before, but it's definitely one I'm going to have to keep in my back pocket now. You ever read this book, Cal? I own the book, started it, have not finished it, but I know the storyline. Yeah, actually, the same thing happened to me. I got halfway through and I couldn't finish it. But, it's just a long book. I just haven't got the time to finish it. Right, no, but that concept you said about self-responsibility and taking extreme ownership, um, that it, it just reminded me about that and being like, whenever there was, and there were so many books that I've read that um, go along the same theme of when there's a, when there's a problem or something bad happened, do the the first thing that I feel like the majority of the population does is is point the finger or ask like this happened actions. It's like no, what did you do? Especially when you're when you're at the top of and you're in charge of people, you're a CEO of a company, and something bad happens, you know, three levels below you. At some point, that's going to lead back to something you did or didn't do. And I think just that's just I agree brings me a peace of mind knowing that you know that you have to take ownership of everything. And the only, the only problem I see that comes out of this for me personally, and I'll never change my ways. I will always take extreme ownership and always take full responsibility for the life I live. But the only thing extreme ownership does do to an individual is it makes you, which is, it's a good and a bad thing. Mm. But, and the thing is, it makes you so, it makes me so hard to trust somebody else. Mm. (laughs) And if you want to build an empire, the reality is you can't do it alone. And I know in my line of whatever I pursue, whatever I do, I'm going to need help, but I'm just so, so my way, my way, my way. And it just makes it so hard to trust somebody with responsibilities that you're counting on. But that's all part of leadership and growing is you got to make sure because it is your, your ownership, you're taking ownership of it, that you find the right people. Like you said, inner circle, you have to make sure you have the right people working with you and supporting you. Because if something does go wrong and you were counting on them, at the end of the day, it's your fault for counting on them. You know, it's your mm-hmm. fault for trusting them. The trust is a, is a big one for me. Like, I struggle with that. Like, Same. That's my biggest struggle is trusting somebody else to do something for me. Because mm-hmm. I've always believed in, you know, if I want something done right, I got to do it myself. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, that was a huge lesson for everything that's happening now in the world in terms of COVID and stuff. Um I uh I was working as a CrossFit coach at a CrossFit gym and uh when quarantine happened and stuff the gym ended up closing down due to quarantine and it was like I remember I remember the morning where my boss was like hey like we're closing down like no more job no more money and it was like I I'm gonna remember that for the rest of my life like it was on the back of my hand of knowing how it felt to have my destiny in someone else's hands and wanting to take that back and that's what I did. But now learning to trust others, it's, it's hard for me. Like that's, I would say that's probably one of the biggest things that I have to work on. And you it's and just, bold, brother. yeah, I'm excited. We should, we should come back to this in like 
maybe a decade. <laughs> how we fix hey, I'm it. down, man. I'm down. It's going to take time. It's going to take We'll time. find a way. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. Did you ever learn, like, I think my biggest thing, like, obviously, trust is an issue for me, too. I think it's an issue for, for everybody, especially, like you said, when you're taking extreme ownership of your life, your actions. Um, did you find uh, trust through sports? Because I know that was something for me growing up. I always had trust in like my quarterback, like, all right, we're running this play. I'm putting the full trust in you. You're going to put the ball in the right place at the right time. And I'm going to just have to make a play from it. So I think sports somehow taught me to open up a little bit into the trust, I guess, because I wasn't, I guess the quarterback is the, you know, like I always had trust in him to get me the ball and things like that. But I think sports opened up the trust to me, but it also opened up, putting my destiny in other people's hands because if the quarterback doesn't give me the ball like that's on him not me so that was an area of sports where I was like in team sports in general I was like it's hard for me to learn how to trust other people but did you find like you could trust people Cal like playing football at John Carroll and things like that yeah I did you know obviously at St. Ed's even too on another scale um, winning two state titles you know you can't do that without trust and what sports I definitely did through football, just, you know, you get that brotherhood and your coaches. And I mean, you, do you guys remember my senior year? We were projected to go like three and whatever it is, three and seven. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We we're only supposed to win three games with our schedule, you know, and then we ended up going 14 and one and winning a state title. And that's because not the talent or not the players we had. I mean, it was because of the players, but it was because of what the players did and the trust we had in each other and the work ethic and the sense of, not doing it for me, but doing it for the guy next to me. So, yeah, I do think through sports and through football, I definitely did develop the sense of teamwork and trust and the important, like how important it is. But in the real world, you know, it's just a, it's just a different beast, you know, like at the end of the day, if you don't win that football game, your life's still going to go on. But -hmm. if your company collapses, how are you going to recover from that? Mm -hmm. And it's not something you should live in fear of though. You just always got to be aware in your head though I try to live my life in a way of prepare for the worst but always work for the best Mm. so if something doesn't work out the way I wanted it to you know it's not that big of a deal because I went in with the mindset of I'm going to give it my all and try to make the best of it but if it doesn't go as planned it's okay I'll figure it out and move on from that learn from what didn't work and keep going forward you know and you got to trust in that you know that's why I know it's a I don't know the term mainstream. Um, what's the term people use for like when something stereotype? There is a stereotype. Nah, yeah. this is so dude. I think I know what I you're know. talking about. Yeah, like the, the the term trust the process. Like everyone says it. It's cliche. Oh, yeah. cliche. Cliche. Yeah. 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 It's cliche. Like everyone says, you know, you gotta trust the process. You gotta trust the process. Well, no. Yeah, you do gotta fucking trust the process. Like you do. As cliche as it sounds, like you do gotta believe in. If, if you don't trust your process, then I'll tell you right now, you're doing the, you have the wrong process. You got to believe that because in any process, things are going to go down. Things are going to go the way you planned. But if you trust in it and you keep working towards it, you'll eventually overcome that and figure out where you need to go and where you're headed. That shit's so hard though. Like, like you said, everyone says like, trust the process, trust the process. But then it's like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to work on mobility for 20 minutes today. But you're like, yo, you just posted a picture on Instagram saying, trust the process. What do you mean? Like, I know, it's, man. It's, it's crazy. So, it's so hard. Like, I even realized it today with, or this past week when I was training with Sam and trying to like get down these lifts and stuff. And it's so difficult. And I'm like, yo, my body isn't used to this and normal. And I always preach on trust the process, bro. And I'm sitting here like getting frustrated about myself. And I'm like, yo, I, I literally actually have to trust the process. Yeah, you do. It's, it's tough, man. It's tough. The hard, one of the hardest things to do, I think, as a human being is to truly practice what you preach. Because mm-hmm. we all, at the end of the day, know what we should do. Mm-hmm. And we tell other people what they should be doing. And we know what's really best for us. Not everybody. They don't all, you know. Mm-hmm. But, but we yet make decisions that we know are not going to have a positive outcome for us, you know. Like, for example, I'm guilty of it. Like, I want to make all these gains in the weight room. I want to get shredded, blah, blah, blah. But like, I still like to go out every now and then and drink and do that and socialize. I think the main 
the main purpose for me is just, it's all about a balance. Mm. It's trusting the process and finding a balance in life through all the things that bring you joy and happiness. So, you know what, if you want to go out and have a few drinks with some friends you haven't seen in a while, there's nothing wrong with that. It's all about just balancing it out and making sure you hold yourself accountable to a high standard and sticking to the process. Mm. While we're on that topic of, of health and, and, you know, I think the true definition of health overall isn't counting your macro to the single gram every single day of the week. It's having the flexibility to, yeah, go out, have fun. Socializing is healthy, but also, you know, eat healthy, fuel your body, fuel your mind. Health is, it's, it's all encompassing. It's not just one aspect. Um, I think that's, that's tough for, for some people to realize that, you know, you, you can't just be, you know, perfect on the dot. That's not healthy. Even uh, building off of what you just said that I think is a big thing, especially in our society today with our generation, because we all hide behind our phone screens and computer Mm -hmm. screens is having conversation, like having this, the conversation we're having right now is a real ass fucking conversation. Like, you know, not many people are having these talks about life, motivation, processes, you know, what their goals are, what got them going, their ambitions. They would rather just talk about the bullshit they see on their phones, what they see on their Twitter feed, their Instagram feed. And that's, you know, that's, I think, a big problem, especially for the youth and people our age, is they're so caught up in what everyone else is doing. And then when you get to a conversation like this, where it's actually real conversation, like there's real value coming out of this conversation. It's not just us socializing, shutting our screens and never talking again. People can't handle those conversations because they're not aware and they don't do it often. Like here comes my roommate right now. We, we talk every day. We have tough conversations, real conversations. And you know, it's just, it's just something that I think our generation needs to do more of because that's, what's going to prepare you for the real world when you're, because not everyone can be an entrepreneur. If everyone's an entrepreneur, the world wouldn't be what it is, you know, but you have to be prepared to be able to communicate and you have to know how to talk and have real conversations other than just the bullshit that's going on in your life. Because at the end of the day, all that bullshit, nobody really cares. They want to know this kind of stuff. They want to know what really makes you feel alive, what really inspires you, what really makes you get up in the morning and attack the day. And just wrapping it all up with what I'm saying is, you know, you you have to be able to communicate and you can't take it for granted in that this is so important. Like this conversation right now, I think it's the most important part of all this is realizing that we're just able to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. I think. It's being, it's being vulnerable, dude. Nobody, nobody, I talked about this before. I can't remember who I was talking to, but it's sad in our reality that it takes us to, to be drinking or whatever at 2 a.m. to have a real conversation with someone. Dude, I preach that we talk about that all the time. And it's like, um, I'm like when I was 16 or 17 and even St. Ed's in theology class, when I'm like a sophomore in high school and they ask the question, like, who are you? I was like, oh shit, like, who am I? Like, what do I stand for? Like, what do, what purpose does suffering serve in my life? Yeah. I started asking these big questions and I'm like, I'm really passionate about it, but other people just kind of like brush it off. But I'm like, yo, this is the most important school education that will ever yeah. teach us. Like that formula we learned in math class doesn't really mean anything, but like stuff like this matters. And I think that's just a, like you said, Cal, it's a problem with our society and it's, it's sad when just people aren't real anymore. And it's conversations like this that like stoke me up and fire me up. Cause it's like, when you see the realness, it, it becomes, it becomes like habitual and it's like, you just want more of it. And it kills me to like have conversations with people where it's just like, like, it's like, it's just awkward because you're in a state of mind that is so completely different than theirs. And it's not that there's anything wrong with it. I'm not saying oh, we're, yeah. above, we're above people. We're smarter than people. It's I don't think it's that. I just think we just have a different mindset and a different approach of the life we live and just a different appreciation. And I hope it can get to a point where there's people who can have more conversation like this and really value the time they have to talk with people. Because, I mean, the reality of the situation is right now, there's some people who listen to this and they're going to think we're you know, complete, like, they're like, what do they know, you know, like, mm-hmm. what if they go through in their life that makes them so motivated, so, like, you know, there's always, like, to the beginning of the podcast, negativity, but, you know, I, I just really hope people can get more inspired, to, whether it's with their parents, girlfriend, boyfriend, friends, because, 
you know, life is so short. Like, it's mm. so short, dude. It is so short. Like, I'm done with college, dude. Like, I can't believe that shit, man. I remember fucking walking around in a diaper. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's <laughs> it's so short. Like, we don't have time to waste, you know, you know, just blabbering a bunch of bullshit. Like, if you need to have a talk with somebody, whether it's a positive, negative, no matter what, like, have that talk. Like, I, I love this shit, man. I love this shit. Yeah, and then going back to that, like, uh, uh, the big thing I, I, I like making sure of when people listen to the podcast is Gabe and I didn't start the podcast because we felt like we knew more than other people. We started the podcast because we wanted to keep searching for more knowledge. It's not that, oh, we have this secret ingredient and we want to step on our soapbox, you know, preach it. It's like, no, exactly. we want to find people. We want to exactly. have conversations. We want to discover things with the podcast. It's more of a search for knowledge than a, than a, than a preaching of the knowledge, you know? I think that's huge. It is, man. It's awesome. I'm right with you. Mm. I love that. We're all, we're all on the search, man. The search mm. in life. And we understand that when our time comes, our time comes. And like Cal said, like, shit, like the only thing that's guaranteed in our lives is that we're going to die. And we don't know any time. Like Sam and I talk about this all the time. Like nobody talks about death and things like that, but it's the only thing that's guaranteed in our life. And if you have something like that, you're talented and passionate with, it's kind of selfish to not give that to the world because the world needs you and the world needs you to be you, not the world the world doesn't need Sam to be Cal or Cal to be Sam. The world needs Cal to be Cal, Sam to be Sam, Gabe to be Gabe. And that's when our world is at, at the best. And I think if everyone would just be themselves, this world would just be a much better place. I agree, man. It's just so hard for people. I know it's so hard for me to fully accept mm. who I am. And, mm. and that's why I hope like your podcast and stuff like that. And you know what I'm doing with social media, because you know, it is more than food. It started off with just food, but I am, slowly going to start taking it to a whole new level but i just hope that we can inspire people to have the confidence to like fully embody who they are because it's it all draws back to i'm telling you it's just the fear of judgment you fear what maybe your parents i don't know we don't know everyone's situation but it could be your parents what they think of you it could be what your friends think of you it could be what you think of yourself you know a lot of people negative self-talk is such a real problem and if you, and you know, you are your thoughts. I don't know if you guys ever heard that quote, simple mm-hmm. that like you are, what you think is what you are. So you need to be able to have that positive reinforcement and motivate yourself. And I, I just hope, like you said, the search for knowledge, I hope when people listen to this, they can get inspired to go dive deeper into who they are and find out what they're good at and what they want to do in life. Because like you said, we all die. That's the only guarantee. It's short time flies. So why not enjoy it? You know, we get this one gift of life. No one knows what's going to happen after this. Doesn't matter what religion you are, what faith you are, what beliefs. No one knows. We until there's scientific evidence, no one fucking knows. And there, there won't be scientific and evidence. There won't be either, yeah. exactly. So why not be who you are? Figure out what you want to do and pursue it. Because you know why people don't do that? Because it's hard. It's harder than getting a nine to five and accepting reality and working for someone else. It's harder than taking a risk and being poor for a few years or taking a risk and losing friends it's harder than that it's hard it's you know it's hard it's easier to fall into the social norms yeah and you know what i just can't do i i would a big thing i always try to live by is how will you be remembered you know it's this youtube video i watched freshman year of high school it's called how will you be remembered and it's gone i can never find it but it changed it changed the way i know dude i i get so pissed i look it up till this day still i can't find it (laughs) and it really makes you think like if I were to die tomorrow, how would I be remembered? And if you think about that, it, it'll probably change the way you live that day, you know, because you're going to keep, you, you keep that in the back of your mind. How will I be remembered? Because at the end of the day, that's what you leave behind is your legacy, who you were. People aren't going to remember what kind of car you drove, what house you lived in, how much money you made. That might be one of some of the things, you know, your materialistic side of life, but they want, they're going to remember how you treated them, the kind of person you were, the way you approached life, the way your mindset was. And that's, the, that's my goal with my stuff is if, God forbid, knock on wood, I die tomorrow, I want to be remembered as someone who was passionate, worked hard, chased his goals, didn't let the opinions of others get in his way. And drawing back to what you said, Gabe, that I liked a lot was like the selfishness of if you have a hidden talent or have a skill, because there's this video I watched, I don't know if you guys seen it, but it's, it's a Morgan Freeman or Denzel Washington, one of them are reading, you know, they got great motivational mm-hmm. voices and all that stuff. And it was this quote he was talking about. And then he was, 
this little story. It was like, you're in your deathbed, you know, you're in the hospital in your deathbed and all these ghosts come out of you of different ideas you've had and all these ideas and thoughts you've had are ghosts hovering over you, crying to you, begging you, why didn't you bring us, like, why didn't you bring us to the world? Now we have to die here with you. Mm. And dude, that shit, it gives, it gives me chills just telling you guys about it now because it's so true. Like, you know, I love cooking. I love fitness. I love, I love inspiring people. I love making people smile. Like, I love making people laugh. Like, like, God damn it, I'm going to do it then. Like, that's what I like to do. And I'm going to find a way to make a living out of it. I'm willing to take that risk because I can. I have the opportunity to do so. That's oof. That that that's got me fired up. That deathbed one. Um, mm. this is this gets me every time. Uh, my girlfriend works at a nursing home, and uh, she spends time with. She sees people pretty much days, if not hours, before they're about to leave and move on to the next life. And the most common thing that people have when they're at that end, and they know they're at that end, is the only thing they remember is the regret. It's the, why didn't I do this? Or I should have reached out to this person and, and, and sparked that relationship. I should have apologized. Why, why didn't I pursue this passion? Why didn't I pursue this person? And knowing that and, and, and thinking about if I ever get to the point where, or when I get to the point where I'm on my deathbed, if I live a long, fulfilling, natural life and, I'm, and I know I'm going, it's like, I don't want to be able to have that, that pit in my stomach of, I, should, I could have done so much more. I agree, man, dude. It's scary. It's a scary thought, man. And that's why, you know, like, I think you would agree, you know, when we're on our deathbed, we just want to, you know, think back to all the good memories we created, mm-hmm. you know, all the people we touch, all the people that care about us, you know, yeah. and that's, you know, that's a scary thing you mentioned, because I see it with older people in my family now that, you know, are starting to rethink decisions they made. And, it's, you know, it's almost a little too late. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you only get one of them, man. We only get one. That's yeah. Some yeah. You got to make the most of it. What uh? We're truly blessed that we realize this at our age, man. I'm telling yeah. you. Me and my roommate talk about it all the time. How blessed we are because of the way we think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh. I know what Gabe and I when we think about the people, you know, the older generations in our family, and coming from um a little bit of an ethnic background. And something that is more of a, a deeper, so I have like, you know, the surface level motivation and then there's the deeper level, like that really like that, that in your bones feeling of why you're able yeah. to hard in something. And, and for me, and I, I'm guessing it's similar for Gabe, um, my, we're first generation American. Oh, our wow, grandparents, I didn't, I didn't know that. Our, our grandparents um, came to America and left my mom and her sister in um, Serbia while when they came to America, their goal was to you know, start a life worthy enough to where they can bring their kids over. Um, and they worked their asses off, you know, day and night having jobs. They came here, they didn't know the language. They had no money. <clears throat> they eventually were able to, to have enough money to support um, bringing my mom and her sister over here. And then the cycle started with them all over. They, they were maybe around 10, didn't know the language, were thrown into the American school system, you know, fought for everything they got. They didn't have the the opportunity to go chase what they love because they they had to do what they had to do to survive and for me it's at least it's like i need to make sure that the pain that they went through was not for anything because they, worth it. they put me in a position to be able to go get a college education have have the resources to you know experiment and chase my passion and because you know they didn't have that and for me it's like there's no Dude, pain there's though. no pain anymore for me no Dude, i'm right with you 100 man that's mm. awesome you guys are doing it, man. I'm sure they're proud. I, I hope so. <laughs> and the- Dude, I'm I'm getting I'm getting goosebumps right now from all of this. Like I'm just sitting taking this all in and like I literally when Cal, when you're talking about like your deathbed and stuff, and like I'm getting goosebumps and stuff, and I can feel chills on me. And it's just so true, man. Like, what do you what do you want to be remembered for? And like like you said, when you're on your deathbed, it's not gonna be about the fancy cars or whatever it's going to be how you impacted people and it always makes me think about the the ripple effect you know although maybe i don't see the direct uh effect of my actions the indirect effect of them from the ripple who knows what people you'll impact who knows if you'll save a life Mm. like why why not go that far so damn just and i actually had a conversation with my great grandma sorry for interrupting you sam no you're good Um, she's about to turn 98 and i asked wow. her 
Yeah. And I, I was like really curious. I'm like asking her these deep questions. And I asked her if you could tell yourself now something at 18, like, what would you, what advice would you give? And she goes, and she speak all she speaks is Romanian. So it's harder. I can understand her completely, but I can't really communicate back to her. Yeah. And she goes, she goes, I don't know. It was, it was just a different time back then. Like there was a war going on. I didn't know if I was going to die that day. Like literally I didn't know if a bomb was going to drop on my village and I was going to die when she was 18 years old. And I'm thinking about my life, how, when I'm 18 years old, like I have a fear of posting a video on my Instagram page. Of, like, dude, what's someone going to think dude, about me? We, I feel you. And that dude, that's crazy. It's crazy. And like, I, it's, I, it's so, it's so true. Like, and she goes, I didn't know if like I was going to die that day. And I just kept on working and doing my thing. She would go like every day in, in the field, like working at the farm, she would say, you, you had to be successful in your day or else you weren't eating that night, you know, like, or your crops wouldn't grow six months later and produce what you needed. And when she said that, I'm like, oh shit, like what what's my excuse now? Yeah. That, uh, Truthfully, man, go ahead, Sam. I was just before we get too far away from the topic from how you will be remembered. I told Gabe this, and it's something that I'm starting to realize more. Uh, we're the first generation that's gonna be able to um have or so the generations after us are going to be able to see exactly how we lived our lives. And we're the first generation that's gonna be able to do that. Our parents, I don't know about wow. you. But my parents, they never had an Instagram. They had no social media presence when they were our age. I can't no, see. They didn't. But mm-hmm. our kids will be the first ones yeah. to be able to say, this is how my dad, this is how my mom, this is how my grandpa, this is how my grandma lived. This is what they have to show for it. And that, one, scares me, and two, excites me. Because no one ever thought about that. And no, I, just, I never have. That's crazy, man. I, I got to write that one down. <laughs> Like if I was able to see, I don't know, if I was able to see what my dad was doing when he was my age, I, I don't know what I would think. And it's just check yourself. man. If anyone's listening, check what you're putting out there, check the presence that you're leaving because it's going to affect the le- your legacy, your family's legacy, you know, and that's just, I don't know. That, that's weird. Oh, man, that's, that's definitely a whole, I mean, that could be a whole nother episode to talk about that. Yeah. You know, is that the, the impression you leave behind for your kids and everything because that's true. I never thought about that. Everything you put out there, they will be able to see. So as for what my parents, you're right. Like I, I'd be lucky if I could scrape up some uh, Polaroid or whatever pictures, you know, right. and then we were, we're over here with every single thing documented at our, on our phones. You know, we walk around with computers in our hands mm-hmm. that we're on eight, 10 hours a day. It's crazy. Yeah. But like you said, you know, drawing back to what you were talking about, Gabe, with like the field and how your grandma had to work so hard to find out she was going to eat dinner that night it always makes me think back. I always wonder like, was it better to live like that back then? Was it better that your, that your full destiny each day relied on your work ethic and there was no phones, there was no technology, you know, there wasn't any worrying about what he said, she said, bullshit. It's just simply waking up, going to work, spending time with the ones you love. You know, it's the simplest form of life. I always wonder, I'm like, you know, sometimes I wish I grew up. Sometimes I wish I could spend a year to your, I don't even know like I might never come back if I could go back in time and mm-hmm. spend time in that like frame of, of time because it's so crazy to think like we have so much at our disposal now and sometimes it's overwhelming I think mm-hmm. and we have all this technology and all this access to stuff and it's like it almost puts the pressure on people like me and me and you guys who want to be entrepreneurs like like well what do we do next like we have all we we have so much available to us like, what's the next step? What do we got to do to get better? How do, uh, what, what's, what do we got to put together now? What do we got to do to keep advancing, keep getting better? But, and it's stressful. And sometimes I wonder, I'm like, is that simplicity lifestyle? Mm. No electricity, no technology. Mm. I always think like how nice that would have been, you know, where your soul respect is the way people view you is solely based on your work ethic and what you do for your village and what you do for your family. Mm. I don't know. Bro. I just think it's something cool. No, that's, to think that's, about. That's, yeah. That's I think that, especially with all of the materialistic things that we have now, I think we feel like we have less than the people that actually had less materialistic mm. back then, but they had so much more. Exactly. Yes. That's what I mean. It's just so crazy. 
Yeah. And we're all guilty of it. It's, oh, you know, yeah, it's, for sure. We're all guilty. I'm not over here preaching like I'm some, you know, I buy the cheapest of everything. Like, no, we're all guilty of it. I like having nice things. We all do. But sometimes, but that's the state of mind we live in. You know, that's, that's our reality. But like you said, man, sometimes to live in those other realities and so much, so much less is really so much more. Mm. Yeah. Somewhere along that timeline, the the shift between what we value changed. And I'm so, like you said, I'm so guilty of it. I put value on things that I shouldn't have. Like, yeah, we all do. I have these shoes. I value these shoes, but it's like, how much are you valuing your relationship with your family? How much are you valuing the people that you're seeing on the day-to-day basis? I think that that that's also what fuels me to, to want to live an entrepreneurial lifestyle because I want to work hard enough to where in the short term, in the long term, I can, I can have dinner, you know, with my family on a weekly basis. I agree. Same I here, can, man. If I want to wake up one morning and want to take my family on a vacation, you know, and experience yeah. something, I have the ability to do that. I'm not tied down to a freaking schedule that someone's telling yeah. me. That's what, mm. and yeah. then, and then it, with our society, it, it takes a life-changing event for us to realize the simplicity. I saw yeah. that somewhere. That was a, this year. Mm-hmm, that literally, literally, that was this year. And it, um, it reminds me of this quote. It's like, is it really going to take a life-changing event or experience for you to change? Just simply change. And when you think about it that way, dude, like Cal was saying, just the, the simple life like that. I woke up this morning. I had like running water. The fact that I woke up this morning with the roof over my head, running water and food on my table, I'm in the top like 1% of like wealth in, in the country or like the, you, what, what is it? What's the stat? Like, I don't even know, but I know what you're talking about. It's like, crazy. We're in the <laughs> top crazy. 1%. Billions I, of us. Yeah. But still I, I'm never like satisfied. I'm always like, you know, looking for like house at the next big thing. But Cal, did you ever go on Kairos or no? No, I never did. That's something I wish I would have. I heard everyone said it was a very life-changing. But that's what I'm saying, how we grow in advance. You know, me in high school, I didn't think that was something that would be important to me. But now that I'm older and I'm more wiser and I've learned more things in my own philosophies of life, and when I reflect, I'm like, wow, that's something that could have been really beneficial to me. Yeah. But how about you guys? Did you guys both go on it? Mm -hmm. I, I went on it my junior year and I led it my senior year. And just like... Like you said, the real conversations were there because we didn't have our phones. And um, it was super cool. We went on the trip with Beaumont too. And you know how it is. Ed's people don't really know Beaumont girls because yeah, like, yeah. they're so far away. So literally you go down there and you you meet brand new people. And after three days without your phones and spending three days together, I built better relationships than over years of being back home. I dude, it's crazy, man. It's crazy when you just have those connections with certain people and where it goes. You know, I have friends in my life right now that I've known for three years. Feels like I knew them since I was three. I have friends in my life I knew for 15 years. It's like I don't even know who they are. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. There's so there if if you got to the end of this episode by now and you don't have a whole page full of notes. Um, you're doing something wrong, okay? Because I have a full page of notes. Uh, and yeah, there's so much gold in it. And I'm definitely going to re-listen to it. Oh, this is awesome. I feel like we could talk for hours, but uh, I want to I wanna honor and respect your time, Cal. Oh, um, you're, dude, I, I, we could talk as long as you want, man. <laughs> Just, I, I planned I, this out. So... Gotcha. Is there is there anything else that you feel like you need to you need to say to the world, or you need to make sure that maybe you put out there for yourself to listen back to, um, um, that you think other people need to hear? Yeah, I guess just building off, just wrapping up our whole conversation about you know mentality, success, um, simplicity versus value, materials. A big way that I try to live my life by that I guess I'll share with you guys is, you know, the term people always say of the saying like. It could always be worse. Like if something goes happens to you, you break your leg. It could always be worse. You know, like something like they get in a car crash, you live. Oh, it could have been worse. But then you always got to. Nobody really ever talks about the flip side. It could always be better too, though. Mm. It could always be better. Like whatever's in your life, you could always make it better. But you have to find a balance. And I and I think in my life, in my philosophy is, it could always be worse. So I'll always appreciate and be thankful for everything I have. But in the same, but on the flip side, you know, but in the same life I'm living, I'm always going to work my butt off 
and work to make things better. Mm. But if I don't get things to exactly where I needed to be or where I exactly I wanted to go, I can still always fall back on the fact that I still made it this far. It could have been a hell of a lot worse. So I think just finding that balance between worse and better, accepting life for it could always be worse, but still being motivated to always make it better. Yeah, I love that. Another question, uh, Sam and I did this on a podcast. I don't know how long ago it was, but if you could send a text message to yourself five years ago, and then one also five to future five years older Cal, what would you say? Honestly, so I text myself five years ago, I'd probably just say, my philosophy now is just don't worry about a week from today. Don't worry about a month from today, a year today. Just worry about today. Be thankful you're here and figure out what you can do to make your life better. And my mm-hmm. text for myself five years from now, I'd say, thank you for working your ass off and getting me to where I'm at. <laughs> yep. I love it. I love it. Um, Cal, I want to acknowledge you for, for stepping out in your space and, and showing the world uh, your talents, what you can do. Um, speaking with us today on your truth and living your truth. Um, I think that that's something that everyone else needs to, needs to hop onto as well. And uh, where can people find you? What's your Instagram? Uh, it's at Cal will cook it. And that's uh, my platform for TikTok, Instagram, uh, Twitter now too. So yeah, gotcha. it's at Cal will cook it. Gotcha. Make sure to YouTube give him a soon. follow. There we go. Give him yep. a follow, check him out, watch the videos. Thank you guys for listening. I don't, I don't know about you guys. Like I said, this is one of my probably top three podcasts that we've done. I'm I'm gonna have to sit I down. Have a great time, man. This is awesome, dude. I can't wait to see the final product and give definitely. it a listen. And we're gonna do a follow up years in the future, and uh, definitely stay in touch, dude. We have to now. You better put that yeah. in your plans. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Gabe, any any closing remarks? Just super grateful. First of all, for Cal coming on, I really appreciate it, and just appreciate the wisdom that you spoke today. I mean, I'm even like fired up and inspired from you. So I know that others will be too. So, and thank you just for all you guys listening and just appreciate you guys. So. All right. Well, well, thank, thank you guys for having me on the show, I guess. Uh, You know, I have to give my last wrap up too. (laughs) Thanks for having me on the show. This was out of the only two podcasts I've done now. This was definitely my favorite. It was awesome to have this conversation and these real talks, you know, like you guys said, we could go on for hours, but. We definitely got to follow up. Definitely got to do this again. Grab a lift soon. I don't know. We got to yeah. do something because this, oh, yeah. this was, this was awesome shit right here, man. This gets me going. Like I already lifted this morning at 6am, but I might have to go back and hit another one. You know, oh. <laughs> Hell yeah. you guys got, you guys got me going. Gotcha. So all the listeners, you know, these guys put a lot of time into this. They commit to this. They work hard for this. So, you know, give it a listen make sure you check these guys out. You know, they're great dudes. Appreciate you guys for having me. Thank Appreciate you. it, Cal. Peace, everyone. Stay healthy. Stay safe.